Hey, Heat Nation! Welcome back to Heaters Gonna Heat, part of the OTG Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to chat a little about our favorite NBA team, the Miami Heat. So, last week was training week in the Bahamas for the Miami Heat. Now, coming back, getting ready for preseason, going for the next week. Uh, but first, we want to have to talk about the big biggest takeaway from what has happened within the last week, which is Tyler Hero's extension. So Tyler Hero on a rookie contract that would have gone through the end of this year. He would have entered restricted free agency next summer unless he was extended before the start of the season. Well, he got that extension for four years, $130 million. So uh, I hadn't talked too much about Hero's extension, mainly because, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, um, they could have waited up until the start of the season to extend him. And I thought that they would have taken uh, the preseason to see how he played there to then determine it. And in my head, I was thinking like, okay, start around $100 million and then go up from there. Uh, but no, so I take this as a very good sign that not only that he got this deal done early uh, before the preseason even started, but that it was over my projection at 130 million uh, over the hundred that I I was thinking to start with. Just to say that he dude must have balled out at training camp and looked fantastic after the summer uh, because we do know Pat Riley uh, and Andy Edelsberg, the general manager, were there at training camp to also evaluate you know potential extension for Tyler Hero because we know those contract negotiations were already on uh, underway. Uh, that was mentioned at Media Day uh, last Monday. But to go back to the contract real quick, it is $130 million in total, but to break it down just a little bit, it is $120 million guaranteed and then $10 million of incentives that I wasn't able to find any clear uh, definition for exactly what those incentives are. But typically that can be things like play a certain number of games if you are a more injury-prone player. So that might not apply to Tyler. It might be something more award-based. So, for example, hey, if you make an all-star in one of these years, well, then you get a little bump in salary as well. So that could be the type of incentives that have been put into his contract that I think would be more uh, in line with something not only... Because you kind of have to make the incentive realistic as well, given the trajectory of the player. Otherwise, uh, then there would be problems in negotiations. Uh, but just to say that, like, $130 million in total, $10 million of it, though, is for him to earn. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what those incentives are, because usually we'll get more details uh, in the future. But, like I said, though, given after training camp, to me, is a very good sign. And I also think it strengthens the argument that he is more of the starter versus bench player. Not only because, again, like, this seems to be a reward phase for Tyler Hero right now. Like, all right, dude, we need you to go into the summer. We need you to get your continue to work on your body because that's the kind of work that can only be done in the offseason. So we need you to show commitment by getting your body better in the offseason, come back for training camp, ball out, and then we'll uh, talk about rewards then. So I... Based off of outside speculation, he has done all that. He's gotten the contract, and the next step would be the starting role. And then the other part of this is just the way that the NBA kind of works in in a weird way where you have a contract like that, the perception is, well, you should be the starter. Like, you shouldn't have a player making $130 million, with a $130 million contract coming off the bench. That just, just sounds off, I guess. Uh, you know, the Heat may not care about that perception, but it does exist in general in the NBA. So I, that's why I say it also kind of strengthens his argument to be a starter. 
So, and then the other interesting part about this is, so this extension does not apply this year. It kicks in the following year. So it will start with the 2023 to 2024 season and will pay him through the 2026 to 2027 season. And what's interesting about that, though, is right smack dab in the middle after 2025 is when the NBA renegotiates their TV deals with the various broadcasters. And it is expected that the amount of revenue that the NBA are going to get from those TV deals is going to skyrocket, which in turn translates to skyrocketing uh, increases in player salary. So, so like the big example here was you go back to 2016 was the last time this happened, and NBA salaries are almost like an order of magnitude bigger than right now than they were pre-2016. So if you expect a similar kind of bump after 2025 when the next set of deals takes place, then at that point, what looks like a, you know, a near max, not quite a max contract, but like a near max contract for Tyler Hero right now becomes much cheaper for those last two years. So it's also a little bit of a hedge if Tyler doesn't quite develop, well, at least his contract becomes relatively cheaper. And if it's the opposite where Hero does continue to become better, well, then you have a really, really great player on a relatively cheap contract. So like either way, it becomes a win once those new TV deals uh, set in place. Either way, uh, I think it is a statement that going forward, the future is no longer just Bam Adebayo. Like, obviously, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are the present. But in a few years, the future is going to be Bam Adebayo and now Tyler Hero. And we'll see what happens as those two develop together, which is, I guess, the third reason why, you know, this, this to me strengthens the argument that Hero is going to be the starter to start to get that to continue to develop that chemistry with Bam Adebayo that hopefully pays off even more as the years go on. So that was the biggest piece of news over the last week, and you know the ramifications that they could have going forward. But there were other takeaways that that happened throughout the last week with training camp and some of the reports that have come out after it. The ones that I found most interesting where training camp saw quite a bit of Caleb Martin and Tyler Hero alongside the other starters, Lowry, Bam, and Jimmy, which, you know, again, we talked about this before, where Martin seemed like the most probable one to start at the four just because of experience and a little bit of fit. Uh, and then the two seemed to be a bit, of, I thought it was a bit of a toss-up between Oladipo and Hero. Things now seem to be leaning towards Hero. So that in particular I thought was interesting just because I, I do think that that's going to be their core starting lineup. So hearing that there was a good amount of time with those five spent together throughout training camp, sounds like maybe Spo is thinking the same. Uh, other big takeaway, Bam Adebayo apparently shooting quite a lot of threes throughout training camp and then also a scrimmage that happened, I believe, a Sunday night. So again, it, that's, we, we always talk about that with Bam Adebayo. That's the next part of his game. Can't he start to stretch out the floor? Uh, it lends to the idea that he could play the four with maybe like an Omir Yurt 7 at the five. Uh, or even if he does mainly play at the five, just the fact that he could still stretch out the floor. And the thing of interest uh, in particular that I heard about the reporting on Bam shooting these threes was that they were less by design and more by just flow of the offense. So, like, less, hey, bam, we're going to set a screen for you and you're going to cut to the corner, catch and shoot. More like, hey, hit bam as he's trailing, coming on a fast break, take a three, kind of dead man style. 
which I, I think would fit more into how Bam is typically utilized as a five, so he could like screen roll, maybe cut out to a corner then, not necessarily by design, but just kind of moving around the floor, or if he has dribble handoff um, out there on the perimeter, and you know his guy sagging off him, and he just turns and shoots the three then, that kind of stuff, more in the flow versus uh, design. I think it's a good first step for him, and then if that works, then you can continue to build, and then maybe you start doing some designed plays to get Bam some threes, and then you just terrorize the rest of the league. But yeah, regardless of the context, Bam Adebayo shooting threes, yes, please just give me more of it. Uh, and then the last takeaway I had from the training camp reporting that I uh, saw and heard was uh, Spo talking about having speed and power lineups, which in my mind makes me think speed is going to be your Martin Bam front court, and power might be your Bam at the four, you're at the five, or Devin at the five kind of front court. Which makes sense if you have Martin and Bam, then you could do more space and pace where you get on a fast break, shoot a lot of threes. And if you have, you know, Bam with the four, Yurt, uh, and Jimmy out there as well, then you're just bludgeoning your opponent to death with like free throws and at rim attempts. So, but the way that he was talking about it is what made me think back to the idea I mentioned last week where we could see differences in the starting lineup depending upon the opponent. Like maybe some opponents we want to have the speed starting lineup and some opponents we want to have the power starting lineup. And just a way how the makeup of this team might demand that kind of flexibility to your opponent. Overall, though, the word from training camp was that it was good, everything seemed great, everybody got along. I mean, it is training camp, it's the start of the season, it's not too hard to have lots of optimism and hope, especially for a team that, you know, I do think is a power forward move away from being a legitimate contender amongst quite a few legitimate contenders, to be fair. Uh, but just to say that this is a team that does have a lot of optimism already to go into the season with. But before we can get to the regular season, we do have preseason to play which starts tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, but before we get into the preseason schedule, I did want to go over just some things to, I would say, keep in mind as we go through uh, the preseason. So first thing, but always remember about preseason, if you followed any professional sport, so like a, say a lot of people follow the NFL, it's the same rule there. Preseason, your record is meaningless. It means absolutely nothing which means your team has zero incentive to win the game. Like, sure, they would like to because they're naturally competitive people. That's how they get into the NBA to begin with, you know, both coaching and the players. But the priority is not winning the game. The priority is how are certain players playing and how do certain lineups look together, you know, against actual other NBA-level players in, you know, a warm-up to the regular season. Just wanted to emphasize that because, you know, whether the Heat lose by 20, 30, or whether they win by 20 or 30 or anywhere in between, it's meaningless once the regular season starts. Oh, and because the record is meaningless, it's also a little bit tricky to even determine sometimes who's going to play. So, like, for example, the last game on the schedule for the preseason is at the New Orleans Pelicans, and when it's the last game of the preseason... You could even see certain starters for the Heat, like Jimmy Butler, Lowry, not even playing that last preseason game. And then also maybe the same for the Pelicans, where they're like, hey, 
you know, Zion with his injury history, we're not going to play Zion Williamson at this last game. We're just going to rest him as well. So things like that can just be a little tricky to predict with preseason. Because, again, the record's meaningless. So the record's meaningless. What can we take meaning from? Well, like I already said, we focus on the players and we focus on lineups. For example, who starts? How do they look at when they start? Uh, do you have a night where maybe, like, if you have Caleb Martin playing as the starting four f- a few nights, maybe you just want to give him a night off at, in the fourth or fifth game and start a Haywood Highsmith or throw a Jovich out there and see how they look in starting minutes. Or conversely, if Hero's your starter, maybe you put out a Depot in that fourth or fifth game and see how he looks as a starter as well. So maybe you test out different starters. You could try your Bam Yurt starting lineup because, again, it doesn't matter what the results are. You can just see how it looks in a somewhat closer to an NBA-level game. Beyond just the starting lineup, there's also the bench. Who looks like they're getting consistent bench minutes? Uh, what about anybody like trying to carving out a bench role? So, like for example, uh, one of the interesting bench questions to me is, what do you do with Max Struess and Duncan Robinson? Given that you know it very seems likely that Hero, or at the very least, not Hero Oladipo, is going to be the starter. Because last year, what he ended up doing is you pretty much bench Duncan Robinson and just diminished his, play, his minutes as the playoffs went on. And that was with Max Strus as the starter, though also Hero and Oladipo coming off the bench. But just to say, you're going to have a little bit of that same thing where those two have a quite a bit of overlap in their skill set, which, which can cause some bench redundancy, and then how do you balance the minutes there? So preseason could give us an idea, like if we see Duncan Robinson just really nailing down his three, then that makes the case that maybe you need to balance the minutes more, or if you just see Max Struess just taking everything to another level with his 3 and D play, maybe he deserves some more as well. Like I said, it's just something I'm interested to see uh, as we get into the preseason. Uh, but then there's also things like as we get into, you know, games 3, 4, and 5, then that's typically when you start to see, you know, less starter-heavy minutes, more bench and even end-of-rotation minutes to see who's going to round out the roster. The Heat do have a few players they need to cut before the NBA season starts, so that'll be something of interest once we get further down there. And then the last thing I'm looking into is, do we see any Jimmy or Bam at the four lineups? You know, whether that's Bam at the four, see how he looks, maybe trying to space out the floor, uh, alongside like a Yurt or Deadman, or the opposite where we have Jimmy at the four. Because I do think that's going to be the Heat's secret weapon, is if they want to do maybe something like Lowry, Hero, Oladipo, Jimmy and Bam and just put out five potential all-stars like I just want to at least see that specific lineup once in the preseason to see how it does oh or maybe you do something like that's how you get more minutes for Max Drews and Duncan Robinson you know let's go crazy let's go Lowry Robinson Strews Jimmy Bam and just put a whole lot of floor spacing around Jimmy and Bam and just crush it. I just want to see that just a little bit. So I guess kind of what I'm saying there is how crazy do we see Spo getting with the four throughout the preseason? Like, does he just go Martin at the four as much as possible, maybe keep some cards close to the chest, or does he want to actually see how some stuff works with a Bam at the four, Jimmy at the four, maybe throw some Highsmith out there, and just test the different options he could have 
to address that for you know going into the regular season because it's it's still looming. It's going to loom until the Heat fix it. But those are the, again the things that I would say keep in mind if you watch any of the preseason. Like I'm going to watch obviously because I'm doing a podcast covering the Miami Heat. I should watch everything, including the preseason. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for. If you want to watch some preseason as well, that that's what I would. Just some stuff to keep in mind as well. But for the actual preseason schedule itself, like I mentioned, it starts tonight. The Heat will be hosting the Timberwolves, and this will be the debut of the Timberwolves. The big offseason acquisition for them is getting Rudy Gobert to pair with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns typically playing the center, but Gobert is almost definitely a center. So it seems like the plan would be Carl Anthony Towns plays the four in kind of a throwback Twin Tower style. But a little bit different because Carl Anthony Towns is a really good floor spacer. Phenomenal. Like, arguably the best three-point shooting center the league has ever seen. So, quite obviously, he would still play very well at the four with that kind of three-point shooting. So, you know, that's a lot of size. And that's where I mentioned a little bit earlier how I think that could be a good opportunity to try the BAM at four, your at five starting lineup, your power lineup, if you will, and see how that does against Gobert and Towns, who do have something to play for a little bit, given that this is going to be their, like, you know, debut together. After the Wolves, though, the Heat will be at the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday. This is where I'd say it's a little bit of the opposite situation to the Wolves. Like, uh, if I remember correctly, the talk around the Nets is kind of who's going to be the starting five. Or at the very least, I'm not quite sure who their starting five would be. Obviously, their starting four is Kevin Durant. Maybe they do Ben Simmons at the five. But the the main thing I wanted to get to there is I think the Nets would be a good situation where you go the opposite to the Wolves. Like, that's where you try out your speed lineup, Martin at the four, Bam at the five. And then that's kind of interesting just to see how they want to use that to cover Durant. Because obviously Durant would be the bigger threat. So does that mean you do Bam on Durant and try to do Martin or whoever their five is? Or do you say, hey, Caleb Martin, it doesn't matter how many points Kevin Durant scores on you, just go see if you can guard him. Uh, maybe that's what they do as well, just to see how how he can hold up against an elite score. So after the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday, there was a back-to-back at the Grizzlies on Friday. Because it's a back-to-back, I don't expect... This, this is probably where I would expect the Heat to start decreasing the amount of minutes for players like Jimmy, Lowry, Deadman, you know, your older ones that you want to start to conserve them for the regular season. And then also start to increase the minutes for, you know, your more younger players or your near the end of rotation players that so you start to see what you can get out of them. Like get, get Robinson, get Struess more minutes, get Vincent more minutes and see how they do against a really good Grizzlies team. Although I'm not quite sure who we we be playing for them at this point uh, in the preseason. After the Grizzlies, though, the Heat will be hosting the Rockets next Monday. Uh, just the one thing I, I wrote down for this one is just last time that he played the Rockets, Jalen Green cooked him. So, again, it's preseason, but maybe they could try to get back at him a little bit or at least shut him down. I think that could be an interesting test for, you know, maybe like a hero because I think, yeah, because they're both the shooting guards. So maybe that could be an interesting one where I do still expect either hero to play, mainly because he's still really young, but then just also to see how he holds up defending you know, what looks like a rising offensive talent in Jalen Green. And then the last game uh, will actually be after the next podcast. It'll be the following Wednesday 
at the New Orleans Pelicans. I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's the last game in the preseason. It's going to be bench, end of rotation, heavy minutes. Probably not going to be a ton we could take away from it. But that's also something that we can assess a little bit more uh, for the next podcast. So next Tuesday, I'll go over how the preseason went relative to you know what we mentioned earlier in terms of like what are my takeaways and yeah evaluate how that went, evaluate how the preseason looked, and talk about that one last Pelicans game. So yeah, this one was a bit of a shorter podcast. Next week should be a little bit of a shorter one as well. But then. Then we're finally there. We're getting into the regular season. But yeah, that'll be all for this episode. Please be sure to follow the pod at Heaters Heating and myself at Kyle underscore B underscore Russell at Twitter. Also, check out the other great pods we have at OTG Basketball off of Twitter. Links for all of them are in the show notes, regardless of your platform. But I'll be back next week. Until then, hope you all have a good one. Heat Nation.